going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. It's good to be here. Good to see all of you here on what they call Resurrection Sunday, which for us, Resurrection Sunday is every Sunday. Amen. Every day we thank God for his, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for that. And we thank God for you today, for you coming out and feels good out here. And too bad you got to be in your cars, but that's all right. Amen. Amen. It could be a lot worse. I know people in ministry that have to actively hide and find a place every Sunday just to meet. And they can't tell anyone about it until they are headed there just for fear of being killed, just to carry the gospel. And I understand people have their take on the tribulation, the great tribulation, the tribulation we've never seen but there are things going on overseas that are a hundred times worse than what we're dealing with here. Look at the car you in right now, listening to the gospel. And so we just don't want to make light of this situation. We want to thank God for what he's given us and blessed us with. Amen. We have a sound system worth more than some people overseas entire salary for the entire year. We are blessed and highly favored by God. And so don't be looking at a great tribulation and an antichrist coming and doing all these things for the, you know, so you can pinpoint the return of Jesus. There are so many different things going on in so many different parts of the world. We don't have that timeline available to us to try to do that. So what we need to concentrate on is living right so we can go to heaven. Amen. Living right so we can go to heaven. So I'm going to talk just briefly like I did last week. Uh, just something for you guys that I believe the Lord laid on my heart. Believing through repentance. God has been dealing with me about repentance, what it really means. For many years, I didn't understand it or I had bought into a denominational understanding, I guess it was, of repentance and believing that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is going to cover us and everything didn't need to be repented for. Some things we can just, you know, kind of gloss over and just because the death, burial, and resurrection was so powerful that it didn't require us repenting for all of our sins and anything we did, we just kind of lived in the light of grace. 
And I was dead wrong. Look at your neighbor in, next to your car and say, he was dead wrong. And that's all right. That's one thing I've learned. It seems like the older I get, the less I'm worried about admitting when I was wrong. Amen. Because I was. I, I just, in my own mind, now I didn't publicly teach it, but just in my own mind, there were just some sins I just didn't repent of because I just felt like, ah, the grace got that. You know, I just focus on the big stuff. Look, amen. Somebody know they had that testimony. And so God began to deal with me and, and tell me, when you come before me, you need a clean heart. You need clean hands. And it's not just clean from the sin or whatever you were into and then you clean it up to go before him and then after you leave him you're dirty again that doesn't work either god began to liken it to a relationship with a person and that's pretty much all we have to deal with relationships with people this is why god put them in our lives especially husbands and wives and different things so i had to really think in terms of my wife i had to think how does repentance work in terms of her if I tell her I'm sorry and to forgive me, if I keep doing it, then what is she going to feel? Does she feel I love her? Or should I love her enough to stop hurting her in that way? Does that make sense? And so once God brought that perspective on it, I began to understand, okay, so this isn't just a repentance thing. This is a belief thing. A faith thing, meaning when I repent, I have to have the belief and the faith that I don't have to do it again. Uh-oh. See, folk ain't ready for this message. Amen. The horns are getting silent now. I just, oh. oh. <laughs> so believe it through repentance. Listen, three things. These are very important because I have to realize these things and come to the realization of them. And you need to come to the realization of them too. First of all, unbelief is the evidence of unconfessed sins. Your unbelief that you struggle with during this COVID-19, that unbelief is due to unconfessed sins because if there are sins in your life that you don't confess, they wear your faith down and put you in a place where you don't fully believe. So when trials and tribulations and crisis and corona and all these things come, your belief gets tested and you got to lean on somebody else's belief. You go to call in folks to check what you think. Because you feel some kind of way. Your belief isn't really where it should be. That's because unconfessed sin messes with your belief. The longer you walk in sins or live in sorriness for sins, you know being sorry is not repenting, right? Without true repentance, the harder it will be for you to believe in this hour. So this is the hour where God has locked us in our homes so we can come face to face with our behavior. You can't hide your behavior when it's just you in your house. You can't hide your behavior bumping into walls and passing mirrors all day. So God put us in our houses or allowed this situation, excuse me, to put us in our houses so that we could see ourselves. Because in this hour, unbelief is not going to work. 
So, we got to get rid of unconfessed sins. We got to confess our sins. We got to come face to face with all our stupidness. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The second thing, the wages of sin is death. Not just physical death, all death. So it's physical, spiritual, and get this, God was showing me this, emotional death. The wages of sin is emotional death as well. There are a lot of people sick right now because of emotional death. They wouldn't have even caught COVID-19 if they weren't so emotionally dead. Because that's what sin does. Sin will kill you emotionally. It gets harder and harder for you to face yourself when you have sin in your life. Physical, spiritual, and emotional. Emotional death leads to despair and woe is me mindsets. That's emotional death. What is woe is me? Woe is me is when every time you pray, you can't muster up hope or help for anyone but yourself. Why me? It's when you become your own idol and always considering yourself before God and others. That's emotional death. That means that you can't help anyone because you're your own focus. So the wages of sin is physical death, spiritual death. We know that from Adam and Eve, but it's also emotional death. You don't want to emotionally die because then you stop completely caring about other people. And when you stop caring about other people, you're no good to the kingdom. Because the kingdom is all about other people. Laying down yourself. No greater love than this than a man would lay down his own life for someone else. You know, that was... That was the thing that made me afraid to pastor more than anything else. I did not want to pastor. My wife will tell you, kicking and screaming, the Lord called me. I avoided it because I watched my daddy go through stuff, pastoring that I did not want to go through. And God pushed me out here to give you this word and to lead you as a flock. I didn't want to do it. And the reason I didn't want to do it is because I know me. I'm 100% empathetic. I will care when I shouldn't. And folks would treat me like trash and I would still love them. So I didn't want to do it. But some folks have this woe is me to the point to where they will destroy everything in their path so somebody will feel sorry for them. This is the path to new age ideologies and knowledge of self. This is that junk, this is that burning sage stuff where folks trying to find themselves and knowledge of themselves and they start out with the Lord and they end up with a snake. Next time you see them, they got half an afro and half plaits wearing a dashiki 
and some gym shorts. You don't know what happened to them. But they went on a quest to find themselves. Because woe is me. I was raped. I was molested. I was abandoned. My parents divorced. My mama worked all the time and didn't spend time loving me. My daddy didn't want to have nothing to do with us. Life dealt me a terrible hand. Somebody feel sorry for me. But Matthew 24 and 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, which is sin, the love of many in this day is going to do what? It's going to wax cold because they're only loving themselves. Had somebody email me. Oh, man, your messages have just changed. You ain't hardcore dissing folks and going after and just what happened? Why are you preaching just repentance and forgiveness and, and reconciliation? What happened to G. Craig Lewis? I said the end times happened to G. Craig Lewis. Do you, have you looked at the clock? Have you looked at the clock? Do you know what time it is? Do you know that this is the end? Why would I be calling somebody out in the end times? I'm trying to call me into salvation and help people be saved. Why would I be talking about a rapper and a choir director? I've done that. Go look it up. You'll see. But right now, it's the day of salvation. Because this thing is wrapping up as we speak. And the third thing, any teaching of free grace that releases us from repentance is not of God. So there is not more grace for you to cover your lack of repentance. Grace is executed by your repentance. The two go hand in hand. Abusing grace in order to please ourselves will lead to spiritual fornication. What is spiritual fornication? It's the same as natural fornication. It's just done in the spirit. Meaning that you will take on another God and try to mix it and blend it with the God of all gods. That's what free grace teaches. Because something becomes an idol, something becomes a sin, something becomes a habit, and you try to keep that and believe God is going to give you a pass because of what you've been through. Because somebody hurt you, you get to hurt other people? God forbid. Because you found Christ, you can carry old sins and habits along with you. God will understand because of what you've been through? God forbid. Spiritual fornication is joining up with false gods for the sake of popularity, affirmation, and covetousness. When you choose sin over righteousness, you will need the world's approval because you have forsaken God for your own way. When you forsake God, you're not going to find your approval in the Bible. When you do it your way, you're going to have to leave the Bible and find your affirmation on social media. You're going to have to get likes, views, and comments 
to prove that what you're doing, you should be doing. But the sad part about that is when you set yourself against God to do what you want to do, you're responsible for your life. And I'm sorry, at 50 years old, I've learned I don't want to be responsible for my life. I want God to be responsible for my existence. Amen. Even unto death. The Lord gave me a vision the other day about people being martyred for the cause of Christ. And he was asking me, you know, you, you know, folks are coming at you. Folks are threatening you. Folks are saying that they're going to take you down. They're saying they just going to, they will die trying to take you down. I mean, folks are that mad at me for some reason. They will destroy you. And God was asking me, how much do you love me? Do you love me enough? And I told the Lord, unto death. Because what else do I have to live for? I love my family. Don't get me wrong. And I want to be here. But what else do I have? Other than what God has given me. Unto death. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. True repentance is turning from sin and living for God. Even if we may fall, we must truly repent and turn from it. We must live the life that pleases Christ and not live for ourselves. Our way, how many of y'all can attest to this? Our way has brought us nothing but heartaches and pains in the past. How many of you, how many of you, your way is just trash? Is it just mine? I know some hands ought to be up. I, I ought to hear some horn honks. Your way is just trash. Our way has brought us nothing but heartache and pain. God's way will heal us, deliver us, and set us free from our past. So choose Christ and his lifestyle today so that you can be confident of who you are in these uncertain times. I'm going to read this scripture, but when I was praying this morning, the Lord spoke to me and told me, remember what you know about sound. I taught you about light and sound. So before all this 5G and all this information came out, whatever, I did a video a while back called Lords of Discord, part eight. God took me to the throne room, elder, and showed me what it meant when he said, let there be light. It wasn't a sun, it was a light spectrum. And on this light spectrum, all frequencies exist. I understand frequencies. I understand vibration and reverb. I understand sound. I understand how we resonate on certain frequencies. I understand the frequencies of sin. I understand the frequencies of salvation. I understand where they are. All of that. I get it. But this morning, God reminded me of something. And he, he told me, he said, you know, sound never dissipates. It may not be audible by our ears, but it doesn't stop. Hmm. 
So God spoke to me and told me, when you turn that microphone on and those speakers on and you speak outdoors, there are people that will hear this later. <laughs> because as soon as it leaves these speakers, it, it becomes audible and then it becomes spiritual. Yes, it does. That's what sound does. So we're doing a lot here today that's more powerful than what you can see. There's a lot happening. God may have you in your cause, but this sound is uncaged. It's not limited. You're limited by motion right now, but this sound is not limited. It's going to reach somebody. Romans 10 and 8 says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the whole message I just preached. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Your heart represents the stuff you're doing, your actions. So if your actions aren't pure, your heart is not pure. And if your heart is not pure, it can't believe. Hmm. It can't believe unto righteousness. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. Keep believing. Keep believing. Let your belief testify by your repentance. Keep believing. And keep repenting. You mean I got to repent every time I sin? Well, I'm just hoping that your sins will become less and less. Where you can at least keep count of them. <laughs> if you got that many words. I mean, if I have to do that, I mean, that's going to take all day. Then what? Are you, what? I'm going to be repenting every minute of the day. What are you doing? You selling crack. I mean, what is it? No, eventually. See, because that repentance, one thing I've learned, that repentance keeps reminding you of how grave what you just did was and how it doesn't need to be glossed over. It needs to be handled. That's what repentance does. It makes you mindful of your actions. I remember my little sister got saved at a, at a meeting or revival or something, and Tanya was maybe... 12, I was, so I had to be nine, so Andrea had to be like six. We might have been a little older, but I think it was around that age, and she had got saved. So everything she did bad, she would just say, forgive me. And she was driving me and Tanya crazy because we didn't get saved that day. So she'd get around us, ooh, you better ask for forgiveness. Everything we did, you better, you remember that Tanya? You better ask for forgiveness. 
And then if she did something to make us mad, we'd be like, man, auntie, you made this. Forgive me. Forgive me. You forgive me? Forgive me, Lord. We were sick of her salvation. We was, you, we was hoping she'd backslide because she was making it very uncomfortable in our house. But that came back to my remembrance because the Bible also says, as babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Then it also says, this is how we come, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is how we come to God as children. Suffer the little children and forbid them not because such is the kingdom of heaven. Some of us need to go back to, I'm sorry, forgive me, Lord. Some of us have gotten too big, too blessed. And we need to go back to that childhood thing that my sister was doing where it hurts and pains us to hurt others. Everyone bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for this unique situation that you've placed us in. None of us this time last year could have even thought that we wouldn't be sitting in our plush seats with our elaborate sound system and our Carnegie Hall styled worship service and all of the particulars and the beautiful crown moldings and just all of the wonder, the air conditioning and just the luxuries that we had. None of us could have imagined a year later we would be sitting in cars trying to get whatever we could get from you. But Father, I believe that this is your divine appointment for us and for all people. God, this is your time to show us who we really are. It came to this to show us how much you really matter. So we thank you, Lord, for the wake-up call. We thank you, Lord, for getting our attention. We thank you, Lord, for caring enough about us to bring us to ourselves. So I pray right now, Father, that everyone under the sound of my voice would take advantage of this time. Seek you out. Look for you until they find you. I pray that they would take advantage of this time, Father, to work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. Take this time to cleanse their hands and purify their hearts and not be double-minded. I pray, God, that your adamant believers would truly be adamant so that it won't just be a song we sing, won't just be a word in the dictionary, but, Father God, it will be a lifestyle impervious to what the devil wants. And we'll stand strong in this hour, Lord, even unto death. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 